Welcome to another episode of Pull Up with Miles and Owen, the rare week where we've got two episodes in one. I'm here, as always, with Owen Pence, who I haven't seen in about seven hours when we finished covering last night's Game 2 of Liberty Sun at Barclays. But yeah, it's WNBA playoff time, and we've got one of our absolute favorite people in all of women's basketball on today's episode. Lots of you will know her from her time with the Liberty, some from her Baylor days, and this season she's joined us and dipped her her toe into the media side, and I just love seeing her work with Ari Chambers at Amazon Prime, and she's currently in Australia getting ready to play for the Sydney Flames and the WNBL. Dee Dee Richards, hey Dee Dee, welcome to the show. What's up, Miles? Hello, Owen. Thank you all for having me. I, uh, we have a, we've got our list of questions and to bring you behind the curtain a little bit here, it just says in parentheses, Miles says something cheesy because I didn't, I wanted to go off the dome. I haven't, I haven't really seen you much since preseason, you know, just said hi quickly at All-Star, but I wanted to again, just say, you know, thank you for everything that you did. It's, it's obviously, oftentimes it's a, a kind of thankless space. It's a tough space from a journalist perspective. And um, I was kind of a rookie at the same time you were and you and Mick were and, and you two especially just always made me feel seen and comfortable. Uh, and it was really, really incredible. And I just wanted to say thank you for that and it's you've been a huge part of you know i could cover this league for the next 30 years and and you'll always have a special place in in my heart and uh my my fiance loves you too because of all that so i just want to say thank you Didi, off the top for that oh miles i was literally like should i say congrats on a wedding again as soon as i come here <laughs> i feel like i was saying that every, every um interview but no miles like you were you made life easier for me like you want to thank me i thank you for just putting me in a light and telling my story the way you do. Like, I feel like you have a great way of putting my words into whatever I want to say. You make it sound so good and look so good in the story. So I thank you for that, for not twisting up my words. You know, it's so easy as a journalist to do that. And as a player, I've experienced it so much. And you just always seem to always make me look like I'm like the best person in the world. When I, we all know that I have my (laughs) No, no, not at all. You are incredible. And uh, yeah, you you bring up the wedding. It's finally, we're 12 days out now. So we're so <laughs> close. It is day one of the WNBA finals and I'm pulling an entire table of W media away from covering that game. So if you don't see coverage on the other side of the world, that's the reason why it is my fault. Um, because everyone is at the wedding. You deserve that. No, no coverage for Miles' wedding day, period. Yes, yes. <laughs> so, yeah, and, and let's continue to to get behind the curtain a little bit because it is, we are currently recording, it's about 8 a.m. here in New York, and you are in Australia, and it is 10 p.m. for you. How how long have you been out there now? So, I don't know, I also like a blur. I feel like, so I landed Monday, it's Wednesday about to be Thursday. It's Wednesday night. So I've been here since Monday morning, 6 a.m. And it's been like, like I said, a blur. Like I feel like all my days are one because I'm sleeping at random times when I'm supposed to be sleeping now. Like even now, I'm not really sleepy, but I kind of am. But in the past couple nights, I've been going to sleep at like 1 a.m., waking up at like 4 because it's like 1 or like it's in the morning time for me in Houston. So I've just been so messed up. My jet lag is really wearing on me. 
we're guessing this has to have been the longest flight of your life, right? Oh my gosh, by far. What what did you do? What are your travel essentials? What did you do for 18 hours or however long the flight is? So the first three hour flight was from Houston to San Francisco. And I forgot to download Netflix. I forgot to charge my AirPods. Um, my phone wasn't charged because I was packing all night. And I my book. Okay, so I'm reading this Colleen Hoover. I think that's her name or Catherine Hoover. I don't remember. But she did the It Starts With Us or It Ends With Us. I read the first one, which I think it ends with this, and I've been meaning to read the second one. Why did I bring the first one again? So on top of my messed up Netflix, I brought that book that I already read. So I just sat there and looked at, because <laughs> there was nobody in the middle seat. I just leaned over and waited for the drinks to come by and the pretzels, but I'm happy I was for the three-hour play, and that's the longest one. <laughs> I was going to say that that is a great start that you have like a little pre-flight so that you could then get right. that that break, hopefully, and, and download Netflix, go run to that okay. run to that little mini mart and grab a book, too. So then you can, you know, lay out a flight. The second I landed in San Francisco, I ran a Netflix and I just pressed download on Sex Education. The new series came out, the new season came out. So I downloaded all season four. And it didn't even matter. I didn't even watch it whenever I got on the plane for San Francisco. I think I took off at like 10.05 um, Pacific time. And once I sat in that chair, you guys, at the whole exit road to myself, I was out for like five to six hours, y'all. <laughs> That's the way to do it. That's the, I can't sleep on flights. I, um, I, I oh, so I'm God. like... I, had, I took a 12 hour flight once like direct from New York to Hawaii for a family vacation. And I think I watched like four Harry Potter movies in that stretch and everyone else now, is sleeping around me and, and it's an overnight flight and I just could not sleep. That's how it was for me whenever I was flying to Italy, whenever, you know how in college you do these overseas international trips now. So my sophomore year, we went to Italy. Everyone around me was sleeping. I'm just sitting there staring at the um, United back of somebody's chair. I'm in the middle seat, too. It was probably the worst situation for me on the way to Italy, actually. I could not sleep. I couldn't stretch my legs out. And then when I would get up to pee, I think Chloe Jackson was on this shoulder and Trinity Oliver was on this shoulder. So I'm like, like, time to get up. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. Have you been watching anything good recently? You got Sex Education Season 4. What, what else has been on the on the viewing palette? I was about to say, you know how like Netflix is different, like when you get to Australia. So when I landed, I logged into Netflix and immediately saw Friends. So if anybody, people that know me know that I binge watch Friends at least twelve times. Like I've seen every single episode at least twelve times. And then Netflix in the states took it off. So when I landed here, I saw it. I said, season one, episode one. Why not <laughs> again? Thirteenth time the show. We're back. It's like literally, yeah, it's like literally finding friends halfway across the world so that you can you can feel it adjusted and move into a new spot. So that's incredible. You know, it was all God's sin. It was God's plan. That's how I took it too. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. So Sydney Flames, Jocelyn Willoughby, who now is on the Adelaide Lightning and plays for the New York Liberty, as as we all know, played for the Sydney Flames last year. Have you been in touch with her at all this year? Have you reached out for any advice? Are you going to? Um, when I signed, actually, she reached out and said congratulations on how happy she was for me, which I really appreciated. And 
I feel like with her, it's like what understood as having to be. We talked about it. You know, we talked about New York. Whenever she got back to New York, we talked about her in Sydney. We talked about her in Australia and how she liked it. So I remember her experience and what she was telling me when she first got there on top of Nigel Laney. Not She didn't play for the Sydney Flames, but she played in Australia a couple of years ago. And everyone that I've known that's played here thought that this was going to be the perfect fit for me. And, like, they weren't lying. When I got here, I was, like, in awe. Like, because we're on, like, Olympic Park, which, if you know, the 2000 Olympics was in Sydney, Australia. And this the area I'm staying in is, was built just for that. So it's literally called Olympic Park. And I think it's so beautiful. It's really new, fairly new. So, like, I really like it. It's really, it fits me well. I'm, I'm excited. And Allie is not as excited about whenever WNBL season comes back because you know watching Joss watching Sammy like recent years I just have an alarm set for four o'clock in the morning for random games and <laughs> she doesn't love that but now we added you to that as well so thank you Look, in I'm advance so sorry. <laughs> I'm, so, I'm sorry but I really appreciate it I would say I'm sorry and mean it but I don't think I really mean it so make that alarm go off for her okay <laughs> Absolutely. I'll I'll be already up. She she'll sleep through it. She's used to sleeping through it at this point. Um we were we were reading through your your introductory article when when you joined the Flames and there were a couple things I wanted to ask you about because as always you were very candid and upfront about just the your entire kind of situation leading up to it and and I just highlighted a few things because you did say that you hadn't played recently because of injury and i know that you've had you know basically a non-stop from college to the w and then then rehabbing and you haven't had great luck on that front so it's been it's been a hectic couple of years and and you said that you fell out of love with the game a few years ago and i and i just kind of wanted to ask about how that how the last year or this last six months or so has been for you? Because I feel like it's the last time you've been able to take a breath since like what, 2021, <laughs> 2020, maybe. No, seriously. 2020. It feels like, because I've been on the go since COVID opened up. And so I, this six months, I love that you asked this question because I just, I've been telling everyone that acts like it's been my spiritual journey. It's been something for me to just find peace, become grounded and get closer to God. I feel like, and with that, it has built confidence. It's given me a purpose. Like it's come with so much that I can't wait to kind of see where it takes me, you know? And this was one of those leaps of faith that I feel like was God, you know, just laying out the yellow brick road for me and just telling me to follow it, you know? And so I, if anybody knows me, I knew that my biggest fear probably was coming overseas. And I feel like it held me back a little bit. Like I was using the modeling and the um, the player contract where you stay in the off season and the sports now. So I feel like it's an excuse um, because I, to go out was crazy for me. Like it's just so far from my mom. Like I have not, I feel like I haven't talked to my mom in two days. And that was hard for me at first. Like now it's like, what's God with, the, with me reading the Bible and everything every day? It's like, there's no obstacle or no trial that I can't, you know, overcome. Nothing that I can't face. And so now I'm out here and it's actually been really amazing for me. But the six months I took off, I took time to rehab. Um, I went back home with my brother. My brother, he plays um, at McNeese and Lake Charles. And I just want to give credit where credit is due. And I just want to thank his coaches and his team for just welcoming me because I was able to use the gym whenever I wanted, use the weight room whenever I wanted. And so it was good for me. To, you know, get back in touch with my brother. It was, it's been so long. Like we've been, we haven't lived with each other since 
what? I was probably in 11th grade. And so now I was living with him. We had to coexist in the same house. So it was pretty insane for the first couple of weeks because it was filthy. It was disgusting when I got there. So I had to just clean, <laughs> clean, clean, mop. I had to mop like no other. So it was just fun. Like I had to add little um things for him to like reach for. So he has a problem with leaving his clothes on the ground out of the shower. So it's like, leave another shirt on the ground, I'm putting $20 in my Apple Pay. I'm not playing with you. Or <laughs> get up without making this bed again, and I better have $50 in my Apple Pay. So it was fun um, to big sister him around um, the last couple months. But other than that, I think it was really just um, a time for me to just get to know myself again. And like I said, how I felt I love with the game, it was really because I was just really discouraged. It was a moment for me where I was, like you said, I was battling injuries years in a row. And so... I was a little discouraged and kind of, you know, having a pity party, which that's never the right thing. So now it's like I'm ready to kind of attack it, you know, grab it by the horns and just see what, where life takes me at this point. Well, we are we're rooting for you always, um, whether you're playing basketball or cleaning apartments or talking <laughs> on on Prime, whatever you're doing, we are rooting for you. And it, it's such a especially training camp time back to training camp like it's such a, a weird like you're 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 building chemistry and you're building relationships but you're also just kind of like aware of looming cuts and of salary cap and how how were you able to process that and and know that this is a franchise where you were with the liberty you were a fan favorite you were also just a favorite of that that's the team that drafted you and you know that everybody really loved it and was supporting your growth there. But how do you kind of compartmentalize a little bit and say like, yes, I know it's a business and that some of it's, you know, out of your hands because of, of just what the salary cap crunch was. And how do you kind of just, you know, maintain those, those positive relationships and those good memories while, you know, also saying, okay, now I need to figure out what's going on with me for the next couple of months. Right. Right. I think it's a great question. I um I think it was easy to compartmentalize, you know, the positive that came from it and the good that came from it because it was such a great time of my life. Like I had so much fun in New York. Like I tell everybody that that is a home away from home. The culture was so rich there, whether it be in basketball or just the diversity, you know. So I really enjoyed just living in New York and playing with, you know, the people that I play with. I I made like long term friendships out of, you know, New York. I still talk to Benaj Delaney all the time. I just talked to her today. I still talk to Steph. Whenever I was had a photo shoot in New York a couple of weeks ago, I went and saw and ate dinner with Steph. So it's cool that I was able to develop the relationships that I was out that I did whenever I was out there. Um, but like you said, I don't think anything can, pre- can prepare you for getting cut or losing your job at the end of the day. And so it was a a journey for me, and it was like a. I mean, I was sad, of course. I wanted to play, and but at that at the end of the day, it was it is a business and I understood that I always understood that. So it was never any bad blood. Um, honestly, I want to give credit where credit is due as well. Sandy is the reason why I'm even playing on the Sydney, on the Sydney flame. So I always thank Sandy Brondello and Jonathan Cole for, you know, always reaching out to me, always checking up on me. So like I said, I developed really good relationships out there and I tend, I hope, and I'm going to try to, you know, keep them strong as well as they do. They, like I said, they check on me all the time. So I'm really grateful for my time in New York, it was a very unfortunate situation. Um, but hey, you never know what's going to happen. And I feel like you just got to, I got to be ready for, you know, anything. And that's just, like you said, the luck of the draw. We knew that, you know, that with the W, it's only 144 spots and 
only so much money on a team. So I think I'm very, I was very understanding of that, but it didn't take away for the way it made me feel. I was still very sad. <laughs> and and you talk about the relationships you built too. I see you wearing a, a Phoenix Mercury jersey. It looks like a uh, hoodie. <laughs> how How many times are you calling Mick throughout the season? Because she went off this year. Mick went crazy this year. So for the right when I got cut, um, I moved out to Phoenix and I was working out and training out there for like a month and a half, two months. And I was with Mick like all the time. I went to a couple of the Phoenix games. If you didn't see, um, I was talking to me. I talked to Mick every day or we've gotten better now at talking for the, you know, my, I went through a little couple of months where I was just really isolated, you know, after I had moved back into, you moved back to the South from Phoenix, I was a little isolated and, me and Mick, we our friendship suffered from that a little bit, but like we're now rekindling that. We're able to talk all the time, and now she's in Turkey, and our time zone is completely off. So it's like she sends a message to me at one a.m. my time, and then I'll respond two a.m. her time. But it's like we're still keeping in touch, and I really appreciate that. I appreciate her just being patient with me as well, and understanding in the fact that what I was going through had nothing to do with our relationship or her. And so I love her for that, and I knew that once I once I like started feeling myself again and like, you know, got started feeling a little better, I knew that I was going to find Mick because at the end of the day, I'm, I was always thinking about her. I was always watching her games. It was just, I just wasn't, you know, I just wasn't in that space to talk to anybody. And that's, you know, that's valid. That's okay to anybody that's out there that's not feeling like talking. You do not have to talk to anybody. You take that time to yourself. And I did that and it's the best thing I did for myself. So talking to Mick and being around Mick and seeing her blossom the way she did this year. Oh my God. Like, that was like the best thing that could have happened for me as a friend this year was to watch her go and, you know, continue to lay whatever foundation she has and blossom into the player that she's going to be. Cause you know, Mick's ceiling is pretty high. <laughs> so it's exciting to see her take it wherever she can take it. I love watching her play um, and seeing her turn into this guard. I've been seeing her get over her screens and stuff. I was like, who is this, who is this girl playing defense? So, I don't know. I really, it was really fun watching him play this year, honestly. And I'm really proud of her. So other than watching friends, other than racking up Apple pay fines, what, <laughs> what have you, what have you been up to this year, either professionally for fun, uh, you know, in the last handful of months? Um, I, like Miles said, I was a co-host on um, Thursday nights with W with Ari Chambers. And we did that all summer. Um, I was really grateful for Amazon too, because I did, uh, sports talk with them as well. So for them to even come and find me again was really uplifting for me in a time where I kind of needed it. So I'm really grateful for them reaching their hand out to me the way they did. Um, I also did a couple shoots in New York. I'm still trying, you know, build my modeling portfolio. I, it's harder than it looks, by the way. Like, I, you seems like it's going to be super easy, but like, man, this is, it's pretty tough. The, the modeling um, field and industry is a tough industry. So hats off to all the models out there that are struggling because I've, I got to experience it and it's, it's really a tough little industry. And I got to meet a lot of friends who are also going through it. And I feel like I'm going to have some long-term friends in the modeling industry now, thanks to my little couple months of being a model. <laughs> but other than that, I just, I want to say that I was sitting in Lake Charles and I, every day it was like, wake up at seven, do yoga, do my Bible study or devotional and then go, to lift around like nine and then shoot around 10 to 1130 and then 
play a couple of one-on-ones against my boyfriend and my brother. Like, we play king of the court every freaking day, it felt like. So I'm really going to miss that. I think that was the hardest part about leaving was leaving that house where I had my boys. Like, I was like a part of the boys. Whenever practice would let out, me and my boyfriend would be sitting there, and then the whole team would walk in the house dirty and up the house after I cleaned it. But, like, I'm going to miss that. I'm going to miss yelling at them to take their shoes off or yelling at them to stop yelling on the game. So that was probably the hardest part. But other than that, that's all I've been really doing. I took on some um, big mama. Uh, Steph is going to laugh at this if she ever hears this, but I've been cooking <laughs> because she used to cook all my meals for me in New York and her, but I just, so I had to cook because in a house full of boys, who's going to cook? Not them. So I had to figure out how to make food, how to feed them, how to keep their stomach fed. Um, I started juicing a little bit. I don't know. I just really was trying out new things. And like I said, really getting to know myself and finding out what I really like. And honestly, I think like cooking can really be seen as like really therapeutic and like yoga was really good for me. Like with me and, you know, my injury history, everyone kept, you know, mentioning yoga and hot yoga and Pilates. And so I would just wake up early and go outside, bring my laptop and sit it outside of my yoga mat while the boys are sleeping. And I just do my yoga. And I don't know, it was really relaxing. It centered me. And now I feel like I have a way to start my day every single day. So is that also something I got out of this experience too? I, I love that. Yeah, I was going to say, I do not cook. So uh, I think that I don't know if I could live in a city that doesn't have like seamless and Uber Eats and a thing was open until 430 in the morning because I'm spoiled by it. And they, maybe that's why I don't cook is because growing up in New York, like, do you have to? Man, I'm about to say New York, I didn't have to, especially not playing with them, not with Vanessa cooking. I'm knocking on her door. <laughs> What are you cooking today? What are we doing? What are we eating? Or big mama, I text her. So is there pasta tonight? Like I was, I was that player. I was that rookie for them for sure. I know they're like, oh, I don't have to cook for you no more. <laughs> a house full of boys sounds like a lot of takeout and a lot of frozen meals. That's 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 what it is. <laughs> oh my goodness, I'm so sure. I've literally been worried about them since I left. Like I've been thinking about my brother and his team since I left. I, I texted him like, do you have groceries? He's like, Didi, you can't. If I didn't, what are you going to do? I'm like, right. I need to just let it go. <laughs> he's, yeah. like, he's like, what are those? <laughs> he hasn't eaten since Monday. <laughs> since Literally. I, I really feel that way. I'm concerned. I really was trying to, I was going to meal prep for him, but I waited to the last minute. To pack. Well, not even, let me not even say I waited to the last minute. They called me on a Wednesday at 10.05 PM and said, can you get on a flight Friday at four? I was like, okay. And I wasn't even in Houston. I was flying out of Houston, but I was living in Lake Charles. So I had to pack whatever I had and then drive to Houston that morning and then unpack what was ever in there and pack what was what I needed to bring. So, man, my Thursday before leaving was the most hectic Thursday because I had to do my rounds. You know, I've I got to see my grandparents. i got to see my aunties and my uncles. Like, what before I leave? Everybody, whoever I didn't see is still mad at me to this day. Texting me like, you didn't see me in a party lap for Australia. You didn't go see me. And I'm like, oh, I'm so sorry. I'm just really hectic. <laughs> it's, it's, I don't know if it's good, um, but at least you are used to. It's, it seems like it's a women's basketball around the world. It's just a fast turnaround. Like, it's not just a, 
WNBA draft. Okay, 48 hours later, you got to report to some random city. It sounds like that's how every one of these leagues is set. So at least you have that experience. You also just, you're also just picking all of these career paths where you're just constantly going to be going up against the best of the best and just aiming high. So like maybe the next time we talk about you, you'll be doing like some kind of international cooking show or something like that. Cause you just, you just live for that competition. No, that would be crazy, you guys. And, you know, honestly, the hardest thing about I've just been watching like, cooking shows. That's why it's funny you say that. Because there's not really many channels on the cable here. <laughs> so I've been watching the cooking channels. And to see, like, how different the food is here is really about to challenge, like, if I like cooking or not. Because when I walked into the grocery store today, I really was like, absolutely not. <laughs> I couldn't find peanut butter for, like, 30 hours. I walked in four different stores to find smooth peanut butter because it was only crunchy peanut butter. Or I was looking for cookie dough because I'm going to need cookies. Like, I think my, my brother did this to me, by the way, living with him. He had to have cookies every single night. And because he was working so hard, I was like, okay, I'm going to make those chocolate chip cookies for you every single night. But like now I think it's messed me up because I felt like I need like a sweet before bed. It's made me have like developed a sweet tooth before bed. Like I call it like a bedtime snack. So I walked into a whole bunch of different stores. But yeah, the different food out here, um, if anybody's listening to this and like is from Australia and know like brands of food that match like pastas at least in like the pasta sauce, that's such an easy thing. But I couldn't find like tomato sauce that like I know. Which should I just like accept that it's not going to be something that I know. It's going to be a different brand regardless. I guess so. But like... Yeah, I, I, that's that's a leap of faith too, right? You said you're on this journey, this leap of faith. I think it starts with the tomato sauce. That's where it starts. I mean, everything else will be gravy. That'll be easy. Man, <laughs> this tomato sauce is killing me. <laughs> what's what's on the what's on the Dee Dee Richards menu? Like, what's the what's your favorite meal just all time? And then what's the one that, as you've gotten into cooking, has been fun to actually try to make yourself? Okay, so I'm like. I've always been good at like the Mexican food. So I can really do some tacos, some shrimp tacos, some beef tacos, chicken tacos, shrimp enchiladas, chicken enchiladas. Quesadillas were my like famous lunch meal. Like everybody was like, are you making quesadillas? Or like, um, I, I could do like a grilled cheese sandwich, but instead of like grilled cheese, because I know he needed like some meat before he went. Uh, I know he needed like, to eat like some protein before he went to um practice you know so i started putting like turkey meat in the grilled cheese and he thought that was like the most brilliant thing since sliced bread you know one thing about it's so easy to like really impress them they're like what is this i feel like i mean i feel like i mean subway or zaxby's i'm like <laughs> okay like i don't know what you're talking about <laughs> but no it was like i feel like those are my go-tos i'm huge on breakfast huge on lunches i think dinner is always so hard for me because of the size of it like it's so much bigger and it takes more time and i never really want to do it so like i'll be sitting here and like i see five inching up and i'm like oh i need to get up i need to get up and start making dinner and then six comes around i'm like ah i should have got up let me get up now and then 7 30 comes around and y'all i'm not lying i would get up to make dinner at like eight finish it around nine we stop eating around like 9 30 go to bed at 10 we had like the latest dinner plan but it's because i was so lazy like it was just so much food but i think the one meal that i grew to love that i did not like growing up is like any kind of pasta like i wasn't really a lasagna girl or a spaghetti girl growing up and like now 
like when I make it with like my own like peppers or like meat, whatever I'm putting in the spaghetti or whatever I'm putting in the Alfredo with the cabbage pasta. Like I don't know. I think now I'm I'm personalizing it, so it's making it like good. I still can't get into the lasagna though. You guys, lasagna. No, that's that that's too heavy for me. I, I'm like ravioli or like you know a ziti with a pasta sauce. Like that's that's enough. But that lasagna, too many layers, too much. Yeah, it sits too, too heavy. Layers. Thank you, Miles. You get it. <laughs> what what's a spot that you miss from New York when we're talking about favorite food spots? Um, Midi Midi, but like oh yeah, the other last month whenever I was out there, Big Mama. Oh sorry, Seth. Seth, <laughs> she knows. <laughs> like whenever I, she told me that she won't eat it anymore until I come because that's how much mm. I used to eat it. <laughs> She's like, I'm never eating that place again because I think whenever I was packing up to leave and I was like, um. Yeah, I was about to leave. We ate there like two or three times in a row. And they were like, Didi, we're not about to eat midi midi. And I'm like, yes, we are. Because y'all aren't going to eat it until I come back. <laughs> I I had a really scary moment there because Allie used to live right over there where a few months ago, I was looking for parking before practice or something like that. And there was a huge hole in the ground. I was like, is midi midi gone? And it was that ah. it was that key food that but like they ripped up the entire they ripped up the entire street and like took off to the point where it's like half of the outs, outside like um, sidewalk seating was gone from Midi Midi. Yes. So I, I kept on walking. Over there. Yeah, it still <laughs> is construction over there. They need to hurry up and get it fixed. Honestly, <laughs> I've been going long enough. There's no way they're still doing construction at Midi Midi. <laughs> right, right. We got to we just got to <laughs> keep this all moving. Keep it all moving. Um, <laughs> and in the, in the spirit of that, I wanted to bring us back. You were talking about, uh, some of the stuff you did this summer with prime video and mm -hmm. you're one of us now you're, you're, you're one of the media now. So now <laughs> that you've seen how kind of the other side lives and, and right. what goes into that, what have you learned from, from that experience? No, it's so funny. You say that I'm part of you guys now, like I'm one of you guys, because I'm, about to start this other podcast now called Three on Three on iHeartRadio. You guys should tune in, by the way. And yes. so whenever we were um like we're doing all the clips, like the clicks for the the teasers and stuff, I'm reading all the stuff and they're like Dee Dee Richards and then quote in um, parentheses like your title. And so um, first I sent in Dee Dee Richards WBA player for basketball player whatever. And then he sends it back. He's like, don't forget to put um sports analysis. And I was like Am I? Like, I can say that? <laughs> so I had to send it back. So I, it's so funny you say that. I had to really accept that, like, oh, my God. I really did this for some time now. So, and I feel like with Amazon Prime um, and anything with Ari is easy. You know, like, she is the easiest person to either do an in interview with. And, you know, Miles, you two are both top one. Don't, I don't want you to take that personally. <laughs> but, like... <laughs> Other than that, it's like, it was so smooth. It was like just talking to a girlfriend. And so I know that, you know, I, we all know basketball and like, I know the players and, you know, for the longest, this is a secret. I was still in like my, not in my feelings, but I was just in my isolated area, like my isolated moment, you know? And so I wasn't really even watching games and I was still doing the show without even, I was just looking at the stats and doing the show, talking stats or whatever. And so I did realize it wasn't as personal doing it that way. Like it wasn't as, you know, fluid like that. And so like towards the end, I was watching it and 
I was getting more comfortable. But like I said, I was finding myself. So it was all coming all into one towards the end. And I honestly was hoping that they, you know, signed us back for the playoffs. Unfortunately, they didn't. But it was really fun towards the end. We kind of made it our own. Mick just texted me, you guys. She just texted me. But um, we kind of made it our own. And, like, we started doing, like, wow, worthy fashion or whose nails look the best. And I think that's what made it fun is that it was just really personal. And it was, like, really easy and the producers were fun. It was just a lot that went into that show and I really enjoyed it. That's awesome. Also, hi to Mick. Um, <laughs> but we we had a couple of months ago, we had Lexi Brown on the pod and we talked to Lexi about, we're starting to see more and more W players also try the media thing, right? Because Lexi was doing some ACC work while she was also doing AU. So she really you know, crammed it all into her off season. And, and we've seen Chelsea Gray also, obviously Candace Parker. There are so many players that are are actively playing and also um, doing some version of, of analyst work or even some writing when you see players review and stuff. How, how good, how important is that? And like, how great is that? I guess it's not really a great question, but like that players are able to yeah. share their stories and that, you know, we don't always, we, we try to be the conduits, but we can't tell your story better than you can, you know? Absolutely. And I just feel like it speaks volumes for the W that we're just so multi-talented. Like we're just a whole bunch of girls that can kind of do it all. It It's so exciting to see everybody kind of fall into their own realm as well. Like you have Fee with her book club, Joss with her book club, as well as us on sports analysis side or the modeling side. And so it's always fun to see everybody go into their own kind of niche, but I think that um, with media, like you said, how we're able in social media even, like to tell our own stories from our platform, because you know some of them are doing YouTube and TikTok, which I also see as a platform for you know stuff like that. So I think it's really cool that whenever we're able to kind of step out of our shoes and into you guys' shoes and kind of understand like where you guys are coming from and where y'all's questions are coming from, and so. For me, that was probably the most humbling experience for me, was just trying to come up with the questions and being under pressure to think of it like on the spot because it's not always written down. And if it is written down, then sometimes if you're going with the flow of the, you know, with the player, then it's not even the right question to ask the one that you've written down. So I think that that was for me a huge learning experience. And I think that's what makes it beautiful for us to kind of step into different routes and different realms of the world to just try to do new things and get uncomfortable. So that's what it's about. And being uncomfortable is, you're growing and that's what it's about. It's constantly evolving in life. And I think with us doing all this, it's like, wow, we're going to take over the world. And I'm, you heard it here first. The W is about to take over the world. Yes. I love it. That's the, that's the, that's the quote we're going to pull. That, that's, that's what we put on socials. That is beautiful. Um, congratulations on the podcast. That's super exciting. You and Ari were so excellent. Uh, so I cannot wait to, to hear the podcast. Uh, at some point on the show, I think you said that Alyssa Thomas was the main character of this WNBA season, which I loved because it, it feels so appropriate. Uh, just speak on on what you've seen from her this year and, and kind of these three unbelievable MVP campaigns with her, Stewie, and Asia. Wow. Yeah, that's a, that's a heck of a list of players right there. But honestly, like you said, like you said that I said, AT was the main character for me. You know, like, I, it's it's insane. Because for me, I think MVP can mean a lot of different things. And that's the beauty behind 
any word, anything can be lost in translation and everybody is very subjective, you know, to the person. And so for me, this is why I say AT is the main character because an MVP, in my opinion, is someone, if you took that person off the team, that team would struggle or that team would not be the team that they are today. And if you take Stewie off New York, New York will still be New York. You still have Sab, you still have Sudi, you still have JoJo, you still have Benaisha, you still have all, a whole, you have JJ, you have a whole bunch of players and the list can go on with New York because they're definitely the same. Then if you take Asia off of Vegas, you still have Chelsea Gray, Jackie Young, Kelsey Plum, Alicia Clark, KB. Like, you still have so many people on that team. With Connecticut, it's the same way. It's just, will they be able to do what Connecticut has done with Alyssa Thomas? I don't think so. You know what I mean? And so I think that that's why AT gave main character this season. And on top of that, she had how many triple doubles did she have this year, you guys? Like how many? Was it six or man? It just felt like we were just running it. We lost count. (laughs) Exactly. It got to a point where it was like, okay, like what's going on? You remember that year when Russell Westbrook like was getting like every game was getting a triple double? It felt unreal. Like what he was getting drug tested after every game because they thought something was going on. You know what I mean? That's what AT she gave that this season. I'm like. What the heck is going on with you? Like, what are you drinking before games? How are you sleeping? I need to tap into whatever Aurora is going on over there. And so that's, I don't know, AT, if I am so, like, congrats, Stewie. You know, it was well-deserved for Brianna Stewart. I mean, how many 40-point games in a row does she have at one point? You know what I mean? So I think that Stewie is, exactly. I think it was well-deserved. And as well as Asia Wilson being a contender, like what Asia Wilson, she would have got it, it would have been well-deserved for her as well. I just think it was a great season all around for the W. Like how many records were broken this year? It was a really record-breaking season for the W and it's still going. That's the beauty behind it because Stewie has how many points in one season? Like that's insane, you know? So, and it's still going. So I think it's just, it was just one of those seasons for the W, but it was really one of those seasons for Alyssa yeah it was it was interesting vibes i'll say last night at barclays pregame because it's weird timing it's weird timing to give out an award right before a playoff game for both sides right it just happened to be that at finished second and that stewie finished first and both of the and and we talked to brianna afterwards after the game and I, i said like now that you're on the other end of it can you reflect on this day? Because, and she said she was just trying to compartmentalize. She was just, it's a heavily emotional day, but then Seriously. you're also down one, nothing in a best of five. Like there is no time to to celebrate, to, to, to focus. And then on the other side, everyone on the sun was saying, we we're, we're trying to win this series for AT. We're going out there for her because she felt like it, you know, it should be, I mean, she had the most first place votes, right? Like, and, and the way that the voting numbers that we are never going to see three players within 13 points of each other again. And that's just, so yeah, the, just the emotions and, and whether you won or you lost, right. Emotionally, that was huge. And then Asia went out and, and continued to do her thing last night. And she's just on a ridiculous tear. Um, so she yeah, the, the league's in a great spot. <laughs> The league's in a great we're spot. Definitely in a, we're definitely in great hands. Our future is in great hands in the league. And it's like, like I said, the sky is the limit. And I saw a tweet yesterday where it was like, regardless of who gets MVP, I think Asia Wilson and Brianna Stewart about to break every record in the <laughs> WNBA. And I read, when I read that, I was like, absolutely. Like, that is definitely about to happen. Because it's watching Asia Wilson just this playoff, this season, but like specifically this playoff, 
has been like insane. Like it's almost she's just in that mode, you know. Like she's just mm-hmm. her head's down and she is focused. Like even when she accepted her award, her face was so serious, and I'm just like, hey. You like it, I love it, babe. Like, go get your W, you know what I mean? So it's exciting to see the future and, and like, every part of it, though, like, with the WNBA one day expanding and then on top of all these records being broken, you know? It's just such a – we. I love when you're in a situation that you can only grow, and I feel like that's where we are in the WNBA. I just wish that all three of these players were not also incredible defensive players, so – so choices would have been a little easier, but then they're both getting after it on the other end too. And you're like, all right, so you're just telling me it really is one a one B and one C. And I hope that you've had a little bit of distance this last week or so, but W Twitter has kind of been uh, in its feelings a little bit about award voting and just everything that goes into it. And, and there have been conversations about, players and and media bias that goes into award voting and i think that's going to happen wow. every every year and, and, I, and it's a totally a fair it's totally a fair conversation and like a valid conversation and i i appreciate how mm-hmm. the w really does actually adjust the awards every year so for example this year all the all defensive team they went positionless and in years past you had to pick a couple of guards you had to pick a couple of forwards and on one hand, you know, I look at a player like you where you are guarding, you know, one through five. And I'm like, okay, positionless sounds positionless sounds good, right? That should be an advantage. But then when the voting shakes out, you know, the, the forwards mm-hmm. and the centers are going to have those prestige stats, those rebounds and those blocks that. Absolutely. So like then there was an imbalance, so like maybe we go back. And the W has been good about adjusting that year to year. Uh, but we were talking to Jordan Robinson the earlier this week. And she had a really fun idea, which is about she has that that podcast with Queens of the Court with Cheryl Swoops. And she mm-hmm. said, the legends of this game are so locked in. What about giving some of them a vote? Right. Like building and bringing them in because the players, some of the players right. might be too close, especially when there's um, money on the line. Right. If you if you win one of these mm-hmm. awards. But who knows it better? Who knows this better than maybe like get the coaches involved? But then the you know, the people that have been there and have done that and. As, as much as, you know, media, we want to try to be objective. No one can be objective when you are, you know, emotionally invested, time invested and, you know, in market also. Right. Like I'm seeing I'm seeing New York, you know, like every day where I'm I'm not right. seeing every other team, I'm not in all the practices for, for other teams. So what are your thoughts on just like I know there is no right answer, but um, right. but but about this kind of just award voting and and what's the what's a way to kind of build that trust with the players and the media so that they know like we're we're doing our best but also to maybe you know have players involved in that process too right um to have players involved in that process i think would be pretty insane if i'm being <laughs> if i'm being completely honest i don't think i need a player involved in that voting i i do agree that I think that idea is amazing when she said bring in the legends. I think that's like a wonderful idea. I think that should definitely be thought about and talked about for sure. I think with the defensive like voting, I think like you cannot, like this has always bothered me about defense. Like you can't put a stat on that. Like there's no stat on the intangibles on defense. There's no stat on you picking up somebody 94 feet. There's no stat on you you know, just being in the spot and discouraging the pass or always being the team defender, the help defense, help defensive player, you know, the best helper or whatever. So 
I always, you know, feel, I just don't like whenever it's based off of defensive rebounds or um, whatever, or blocks. Like, it's just, it's not that. Like, even, and I hate to bring myself into it, but whenever I was the defensive player of the year, if you go check, I did not lead the league in steals, nor rebounds, nor anything, you know? I just did the little things. And I appreciate, you know, the college board realizing that and noticing that because at the end of the day, I did hold my – every player that I guarded, I held them to the less – like less of their – you know, their average. And so I think that that has to be more looked at. I feel like you – somebody that watches the game, like you're not going to sit there and look at just the rebounds and just – like you're going to sit there and realize, oh, Tasha Cloud is aggravating the heck out of whoever she's guarding every game. Or mm-hmm. Brittany Sykes is aggravating the crap out of whoever she's guarding every game. Or even Benaya Delaney. Granted, she did get her, you know, her flowers. But at the end of the day, B, I feel like B and Tosh and other Brittany Sykes, I feel like they all just do like the intangible as well as Alicia Clark. But she got six player of the year. I understand that. But Alicia Clark even, like, I feel like her defense goes unnoticed, like, mm-hmm. because she's not getting the defensive boards and the steals or whatever. Like, you can't – that's not – I don't think that's fair to um, base defensive awards off of stats. That's all. I I agree with absolutely 100% of everything you said there. And I think that, like, analytics are trying to calculate that a little bit. And, like, I think just across all sports we're seeing – kind of an analytics right. revolution and but Absolutely. it's hard to quantify i know i know teams like will count deflections right and it's not just Absolutely. what turns into a steal the other way but i think that's something like courtney vandersloot goes really underappreciated for is just Man. how many times she's in the passing lanes and just blowing up actions right everyone's right. Saying, like, pointing out the time that the times that someone gets past her but i've seen so many recoveries where she's knocking out on someone's off someone's Seriously. knee or grabbing a jump ball when she's been beaten. I'm like, how are you getting your hands there? Yeah. So there, there's there's so much that goes into it. And yeah, like B and the screen navigation, the switching. And and Sandy asked a lot of you guys too. Yeah, Sandy, I mean, I, I, I talked to you for years now about just like, how do you prepare when you don't know what position you're going to be playing? You, She could just be like, all right, you're going in for, and just close her eyes and pick a person to take off the court. And then you have to change your entire game. No, seriously. I feel like that's that's the beauty behind that's like there's pros and cons to being versatile now, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and like there that's probably the con is like just not knowing what you're gonna be expected to do this game. Like you gotta go into every game just and that's where I feel like my downfall was. I tried to go into the game with a plan. Absolutely not. If you go into the game, that's like going to God with a plan. He would laugh in your freaking face. That's kinda how the game is. Like I'm gonna sit there coming there with a plan and then I go in there and it's like you're actually the point guard this game or you're actually the four this game or you actually have to guard Asia Wilson this game. It's like what the heck was that was that put in my folder? Like I didn't see that. I didn't study that, you know? So I think that's the beauty behind B- watching B though is that she is adapt like willing to switch on whoever throughout the entire game. Like B is everywhere. So mm-hmm. She was really fun for me to watch and honestly to learn from the last two years that I was in New York. Yeah, your your scouting report was always five times as thick. That folder must have been five times as thick as everyone else. They're like, all right, all five positions. You got to watch film and break down every action here that's going on because it could be you. Seriously, my um my coach right now, Coach Guy, he calls me his point forward because first day I walk. First day I landed at six a.m. on Monday. I walk in practice and he's like, "You want to watch?" I'm watching. He's like, "Watch." Next, 
the point guard today. So I'm watching and I come in the next day trying to learn the play, watching her again. And he's like, Hey, watch laws, which is the two, three. So I'm like, Oh, so I'm like, okay. So I'm watching both. And so then I came in today and he's like, Daddy, watch Emma, who's the four. I'm like, all right, man. Like I, I just got here Monday and you want me to go every position in this play, but you know, you know, to whom much is given, much is, you know, expected, which I always am ready for that. And I'm always expecting of it, but it's just like, Sometimes it does catch me a little off guard. <laughs> I mean, you know, you know, tomorrow they're going to put you with the fives. You wear big platform shoes tomorrow so that you can hang in there, hang in the paint. <laughs> I, literally, I literally asked him when he said, um, call me a point forward. I said, so what's the average height for um, you guys is four and fives in this league since you think that I'm up to be? <laughs> Let me get my mind right. What's going on? What's the weight class? Tell me. What's going on? He was like, me. Just, just be ready to move. Like, Lord, you're not going to warn me. <laughs> <laughs> you will have Kayla George on your team, right? So, like, you will have you will have a, a solid, a big forward, um, and that's going to be a fun player to play off of. Um, but I also just noticed because I got lost that we've kept you until almost eleven o'clock your time. Uh, so I do want to <laughs> I do want to get you out of here. But on the way out, I just wanted to again say say thank you um, to, to both you and also to Gina Paradiso for for setting this up. Gina was incredible uh, in this back and forth, and then navigating halfway across the world. Um, but Didi, mm-hmm. it's incredible to just talk to you always, and great to just see you and and see you continue to do well. And I'm very excited to start my days uh, watching you play starting in November at, <laughs> at five o'clock in the morning, New York time. But uh, I'll, I'll have to get a, a Sydney Flames jersey somehow shipped over to the U.S. Oh, my God. Please, absolutely, Miles. You are, like, every bit of amazing. Um, I I hope we continue to stay in touch because every time I hear your name or you reach out, I'm like, yes, we're doing it. I'm doing anything for Miles. So, like, love you, and this is going to be a forever thing. Owen, you're awesome. Um, thank you all for having me. This is so much fun. You know, time flies when you're having fun. It didn't even feel like an hour. I love it. I love it. I love it. Thanks so much, TD. Talk soon. Thank y'all.